As the choir is moving out there, if you could, open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 24 through 25 today. And, uh, and yeah, thank you guys uh, so much for being faithful to coming to church. Thank you, guys, or thank you uh, Tony and the, the music people for sharing that with us. And uh, just to, again, just kind of re- reiterate, I am not the man. I'm just a man. I'm not uh, the, the pastor. I'm just a pastor. And, uh, and uh, thank you guys so much for putting up with me the last few weeks. Unfortunately, you've got about two more, okay? Uh, so Tony Beam won't be here until December the 11th. Uh, I will be here with you still, um, of course, on staff, you know, but, uh, but preaching and God's Word for the next, next couple Sundays. Uh, but real quickly, I do want to make sure that you guys are aware. Uh, we did just uh, close out our Operation Christmas Child shoebox drive that we do every single year. And just to give God glory, we did collect 138 shoeboxes. So let's go ahead and give God praise for that this morning. That was awesome, and our kids' ministry helped uh, cap that off as well with 20-something of, of those boxes, and that was great, great to see also. Uh, but, but yeah, clearly um, God still has something for our church. And just to kind of recap kind of where we've been the last couple Sundays, uh, if you guys could, um, we've been talking about this thing called church. And our, the first week that, that we looked at, we looked at uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 8. Uh, or this right here is verse 18. We looked through that whole passage there, and this is essentially what Jesus was saying. He says, I tell you that you are Peter, but on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And so what we talked about there, we focused in on this thing, my church, and what that really means. And we, we looked at the Greek for that. We had a little Greek lesson. We've been doing that kind of every single week, hence the, the chalkboard kind of thing, not because you guys don't know, but just to remind us, right, of what this thing is really all about. Uh, but essentially, it's a gathering assembly for a purpose. In other words, it is people. It's not a building. It has nothing to do with a building. He was gathering up his people, and that's what he was coming, coming to do. And so and then the, the question was, how do we fulfill that, that mission? We looked at you know, being the church, building the church, having unity around the things that really matter most, and remembering who the enemy is and also who it is not. And so we looked at that and how important that, that was for us. But then also last week, uh, we looked at, uh, again, this, uh, uh, this whole idea of akutameo, uh, which means to build and to build up, to promote Christian growth or maturity, to build my church. That's what he said that he came to do. And it's not just, again, talking about making things bigger, even though that's part of it. What we looked at, what was mo- most important, what we really needed to kind of hone in on is that we aren't just called to grow the church. Go ahead, next, next slide there. Oh, yeah, um, uh, so again, talking about this, and we looked at Ephesians cha- chapter 4. We honed in on this passage of Scripture because also I thought it tied in very well what, uh, with what Mr. Tom talked about and the fact that we need to have unity. And this is what, well, what Paul was saying, and the most important thing is building up the church and what that really kind of meant. And so we, we had these couple sayings here. Go ahead. Next slide, we aren't just called to grow the church. That is part of it. Yes, that is part of it. God does want more people in his church. Every church. Every single church. You know that, right? Well, I like the, church. I like the size of my church. I don't, you know, God doesn't care about that. You know why? Because that's less people who know him. More people who are going to hell. More people who need to have a church body and be in God's, God's house. He cares way more about souls than our comfort. 
He cares way more about his kingdom than, than our comfort, and that's what it's always been about. So that is part of it, but also at the same time, what are we doing with those people? And what's going on there? And so, yes, we are also called to mature the church, which also means we need to check our maturity as well, as hard as that is and as much as we don't want to. Um, but how we handle adversity or anything that comes our way, change, any of that kind of stuff, shows not only our unity as a body of Christ, because it does, it echoes it huge, but it also shows our maturity as a body, but also as individuals. And so um, thinking about, you know, this week and, and, and what we kind of need to look at, again, we're talking about church. It's a common theme throughout the New Testament, and we even see it echoed even in the Old Testament leading up to what God was getting ready to do. And, you know, the nation of Israel was not just a group of people. It was actually supposed to be his priestly nation, the light to the world, so that other people, that other nations can see the goodness of God, his faithfulness, and how much he loves humanity and what he wants to do to restore humanity. That was always the case. It wasn't about their little huddle. Their little huddle. And I said little huddle. I mean, there were millions of them, right? Millions of Jews, you know. But he was saying, this is, this is your job is to take this message of the Creator, the fact that there is a God who has a standard that has a system of righteousness in place. But more than that, He has a love for His creation and He wants them to come to know Him and to worship Him because that's the best thing for them. And so thinking about all that, when you know, moving from, from what we've talked about for the first two weeks, now you know, I thought about, well, what else do we need to kind of look at? And really, I think this morning, we just really need to just be encouraged this morning. Um, you know, it, yes, it, every time we open up God's Word, it is there to mature us. It is there to, to point to where we need to go, the steps that we need to take. But sometimes we just need a good reminder and just a good encouragement from, from God's Word of what, of what we just need to be, kind of be about and to not give up. And so this morning I want to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. It says this, it says, let us, not, uh, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, God, so much for your word, for the power of it, and God, how it convicts us, how it moves us, but also sometimes it just lifts us up. Sometimes it reminds us. I pray that this morning we would just simply be engaged to it, to hear from it, what you would have us to. And God, just encourage us in the way that only you can and the things that only you have authority to say. And God, we just look to you in all things. Just guide us this morning. Speak to our hearts. And just help us, God, to be receptive to it, but also to be changed by it and to walk out of these walls, not the same that we walked in. We give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so real quickly, we're going to leave that, that, that up there just, just for a second because um, I want to just kind of point out just a couple things. There's not going to be some, some slides, but essentially um, uh, to meet, you see up there, not neglecting to meet. In other words, not neglecting the gathering. Now, what we talked about, again, that ecclesia, that was that first week. Uh, that literally means a gathering of people. This word is not the same word. It's not the same thing, but it does mean... It, it goes along those, the, the same lines. What this is, is literally the ecclesia where they meet. 
the system in which they actually establish to meet. It is the meeting, the act of meeting. It is the ecclesia getting together is what this is saying. And so the writer of Hebrews, maybe it's Paul, maybe it's somebody else, maybe it's Peter. Either way, we understand that what the writer is getting at here is, in other words, is saying, you called out people, you ecclesia, you the gathering, the people who are called out for a purpose, you need to keep meeting. And you need to not neglect that time getting together. Okay? And as is the habit of some, and the habit that it's talking about is not the habit that some have of meeting together. The habit is, is that unfortunately there are some whose habit is to not meet. They make it a habit to not meet. Just as there's good habits, there's also bad habits. And he's saying that we need to make sure that we get ourselves in that habit of meeting together and not breaking that, that habit, a.k.a. having church. Okay, but then also, then there's this word here, and then we're going to get into some, some notes and, and all that, but it says, let us consider, first of all, to kind of open up here, how to stir up one another to love and good, good works. What's he saying there? Well, that word stir up is actually just a singular word, which means to incite, to spur. It's some, some of your translations, how we may spur one another on. And spurring is kind of like a, you know, you think of like a horse or, or an animal spurring them, kind of moving them forward. But another word for it is irritate. Irritate. So with that in mind, there are things that we're going to talk about this morning, what can happen uh, inside the church, but there are some definite things that we miss out on whenever we don't come to church, whenever we don't gather. And so real quickly, uh, that, 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 that next slide there, when we miss coming to church, we miss out on so much more. And number one, the very first thing that we miss out on is we miss out on getting irritated in a good way. Believe it or not, God wants you to be irritated. Did you know that? Have you ever come to church and gotten irritated? I don't need you to raise your hand. Okay, all right. Is the person who irritates you most in this room? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, is the person who irritates you speaking this morning? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, all right. Um, maybe. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the fact is, is that we all have, you know, the, this point of irritation, right? There's things that irritate you that don't irritate me. Uh, there's things that, you know, get under my skin that doesn't necessarily get under your skin. Some of you, and I don't know why God's given you this grace, you can drive down Woodruff Road and never even raise an eyebrow to what's going on around you down, 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 down that road. You mean that seventh circle of hell that is called the chaos of Woodruff Road. You have no problem with that. Me, on the other hand, not so much. I have to pray up, make sure I'm right with Jesus because... Because if I'm not, somebody's going down on that road. Because there's all kinds of stuff. And the biggest pet peeve I've got is to see this in the hand of a driver. Not to answer it because something just came in just real quickly. You know, because, I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, you could be adjusting anything just for a second. You know, you got your AC, you got the radio, you got all the stuff. Like, like just for a second, like, that's different than, like, just answering a quick call. But checking and scrolling Facebook Absolutely the most irritating thing in the world. All right, that's my little mini-sermon. I'm so sorry. You need to stop it if that's what you do, okay? Your, your social life is not more important than people's safety, okay? All right, anyway, all right. So, but that irritates me. That's not what this is talking about. Not what aggravates you to the point of annoyance. It's not talking about annoyances. This is talking about what it is that spurs us 
that moves us, that gets our attention and causes action or motion. You ever, uh, you, do, you, do you know that thing that's in a washing machine? Um, that like, like the upright kind of washing machines with like the lid, I know like, like the new ones, like the, you know, the front load and all that kind of stuff, like they're like a little, little different, but on, on, on other washing machines, and some of you young, young people, you have no idea what, what this is because you've never seen that kind of washing machine before. You know, but you know, they stand upright, you lift the lid, and there's that thing that's in the middle. Agitator. That is literally the same word. That's actually what that word means, but in a good way. To agitate, to stir it up, to cause motion, to create movement in the way to accomplish something. And that's what God does every single time we meet. But whenever we don't meet, especially whenever we make it a habit of not meeting, we are literally missing out on that motion, on that spurring, on those things that we need. Listen, does that donkey or that horse always know it's time to go whenever it's time to go? You with animals, right? Like, you, it, have you ever ridden a horse? I've, I've ridden a horse some. You know, it's like sometimes the horse goes whenever. It's not time to go, right? right? You know, and you're like, no, whoa, you know, it's like stop it. And sometimes that stinking animal, you know, it's time to go. Come on, come on, yeah, come on, yeah, you know, like nothing. You got nothing. You got no response, right? So you got to spur it on a little bit. You got to agitate it. You got to get its attention. Like it is time to move. Just like sitting at a red light, and that person's on that phone, and it's it's it's, like, it's time it's time to move. It's green. It's and sorry. All right, sorry. I keep I'm gonna keep going back. It's so agitated. So that's why my horn's there, to agitate. To, uh, anyway, I'm just kidding. But that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what God does for us in that best way possible. And there's a couple things that that verse, uh, verse 24 says. It says going to spur us on to a couple things, and it's in, in your notes. First of all, it's spurring us on to love others more. It's going to spur you on towards love to love. And really, this is, you know, in at least a few ways, of course, I mean, to, to love God more, because the more that we are around God's people, the more we just fall in love with Jesus. You cannot love Jesus and hate his bride. We are the bride of Christ. We're the called out ones. We are the gathering. You cannot say that you hate his bride and love the husband. If anybody says anything about my wife, I'm sorry. Like, we're, we're, we're done, okay? That's just the way my flesh works. And God's saying, like, you, you can have all these issues. You can have things. You can have, have stuff that you've got to work through, but you cannot hate this. You just cannot. Because this is what you need. This is what I need. This is what we need collectively. And then you cannot pull away from this and still love the Father, but you know, love for God, but more than that, also love for each other. He says, people will know that you are my disciples because of your toleration for each other, because of your business meetings, because of the stuff that you just kind of meander through and you tolerate and you put up with. No, because of your love for one another. 
means in the midst of the things that you don't necessarily agree about, in the midst of the things that you're kind of working through together, in the midst of the fact that you don't have everything eye to eye, not everything is complete agreement, but you focus on the most important thing, what actually really matters most, the true mission of God, not my own agenda. And we do that way too much in God's house. We focus in on our own agenda. We want to see our own agenda accomplished way more than the mission of God, so much. And he says, that's not what it's all about because you cannot find love in that because we get too selfish, we get too self-centered. But whenever we all focus in on that we are here for Jesus Christ and his mission and his love for us, then we understand, oh, well, then I can really truly love that person because that, at the end of the day, is also what they want. We're just trying to work out exactly how we accomplish that. That's where the business meetings kind of come in. That's where the discussion comes in. That's where the conversations in love come in but but not just inside the church walls also outside the church walls loving those people who are not here understanding that this is only just the beginning this is not the collective of what God wants to do in the area of five forks you know that right because there are people who drive by this building every single day that not only do not know Jesus, that need to come to know him. There's some Christians who are disconnected that do not have a church home and they need a place of worship. It's not just all about us. The mission of God is not complete. And so therefore, we've got to understand if we do not have love, this is not going to accomplish God's mission. So he moves us towards love, but not just love. He also says, also, go ahead, the next thing is to glorify God more so he says yes towards love but then also towards good works and essentially what, what that is our work shouldn't just point towards ourselves. in Matthew 5 16 it says this it says in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven do we get a good feeling whenever we do something good yeah but is that the reason why we do it Sometimes, quite honestly, actually, let me go and just say, probably most of the time. But is that, or should that be the center of why we do what we do? Absolutely not. Because if we point people towards ourselves, they can still go to hell, right? If we point people towards us, or even towards Five Forks Baptist Church, people will still go to hell. It is thought, and it is postulated that there's a majority of people who attend church are actually still lost. Billy Graham himself said there could be upwards of 70 to 75 percent of people who attend church every single Sunday don't know Jesus. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think it kind of like we can all somewhat agree, yeah, absolutely, people walk inside the church doors all the time, don't necessarily know Christ. And maybe part of the problem is that, yes, they need to get themselves right. They need to wake up. They need to see what, what's, what's actually true. They're making that decision themselves. It's on them. God holds them accountable for that belief or disbelief. Absolutely. But he's also going to hold us accountable. What are we pointing towards? Are we pointing towards ourselves, our own agendas, our own wants, our own selfishnesses, the things that we hold on to, our own traditions, which Jesus himself said nullify the very word of God? What are we pointing towards? He says, so whenever we spur each other on, it's not towards this empty, vain things, these things that only last for a time or for a season, or the things that we can build as humans ourselves. No, we point, it points towards the Father who is in heaven because that's what they need to see. 
above all things. They don't need to see us. They don't need to see me. Now, will they be appreciative of us? Well, they'll probably tell you thank you. Thank you for helping meet that need. Thank you for, for, for being there. But if we don't point them towards the Father, we give them nothing eternal. We can feed them, we can clothe them, but all they're, they're, they're still going to hell unless we point them towards Jesus. And so that's what we do. We point them towards Christ. And so looking back again to Jesus, but how he works through us. What is it that, that, get, that gets in us? Clearly, like towards the good works, clearly these are people doing this. This isn't like some supernatural hand, like we're just hanging out and all of a sudden God's hand just shows up and gives some poor person a, a blanket, right? Like God can do that, right? Like he's, he's capable of that. But how does he usually get that blanket to that poor person? Through a person, right? But how does he do that? How does he accomplish that? Like how is it that that ends up happening? Oh, they just come to know Christ, so, so now they just know all things. Oh, I ought to be nice to people, I guess. So I'm going to start feeding people. I'm going to start just doing things. Well, that sounds great, but that's not, that's not how it happens either. We still have this flesh to deal with every single day, right? We still have our selfishness, our, our, the things that turn us inward. How is it that he turns us outward? How is it that he makes us care about others towards love and good works, towards loving him more as our Savior? How does he do all that? Well, in John 16, 7, we see this thing that Jesus was, was talking about and what was actually coming, it hadn't yet happened in the lives of the disciples yet, but he's saying it's going to happen, and it has to happen. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, which is exactly what they didn't want. They wanted to see him do so much. They thought he was going to be this general-type Messiah king who was just going to you know, take everybody out and just you know, raise up the Jews and exalt them. And he's saying, no, 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 I've got something completely different in mind. There's still going to be glory. There's still going to be awesome things happening, but it's not going to be like the way that you think it's going to happen. So it's to your advantage that I go away because then if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, the helper. Now, it goes on to actually explain, go, actually, back, back up one. Uh, you're getting, getting ahead of me. Uh, the helper. Now, it goes on to say in verses you know, 8, 9, and 10, 11, to explain who that is. And we understand who the helper is. Who, who, who is it? Who's the helper? The, the Holy Spirit. And this is how God accomplishes his work through his people. He goes on to talk about, he clarifies that it's the Holy Spirit, it's his work to do this, to convict of sin, point towards righteousness and judgment, and he even explains that and then talks about essentially the work of salvation in the lives and hearts of people. If that's his job, what's our job? That's not our job. God uses us as mouthpieces. God uses us as his hands and feet. God uses us, but we're not creating change in the lives and the hearts of people. We want to, though, don't we? It, it would be so great just to set people straight. It's like, that's my job. That's my job. As, as, as a preacher, God's given me you know, platforms to speak to students, to speak to adults, to speak to people. It's so easy to want to put on my prophet hat. And just, just let them have it, buddy. You know, just pick up the sword and just woohoo. You know, just start waving it and just going crazy. Like, I just, just want people to know that's not my job. My job is just to preach truth and then allow the truth to do its work. Allow the Holy Spirit to do His work. That's His job. He's the one who brings change to people's hearts. He's the one who convicts of sin. 
He's the one who points people towards righteousness. Yes, I speak to those. I hold on to it. I, I make sure that, that I have that standard. I make sure that light is shining through me so that people can, can see that. But it is not me. It is not my standard. It is not the way that I would even have it. There are some things even about the Bible. I'm just like, that upsets me. I don't like the fact that people go to hell. But that's the truth. And I have to share that. Because that's his job. That's what he does. And he's the only one who can do it. Because otherwise, all I'm doing is just irritating people in a bad way, okay? But our job to allow him to work through us is to basically point people towards him. And that word, okay, now, now you can go on to the next one, parakletos. It's not the actual word for Holy Spirit, the helper here. What, what it actually means, it actually means an advocate, a helper, a comforter. And some of your translations say that, right? It says that, you know, I will send the helper. I will send the comforter. I will send the advocate. But what it literally means is one who's summoned, who's called to aid or to intercede. And so he's the only one who can do that. He's the one who comes along, and he's the one who does all that work. And so this statement is something f- very important for us to, to remember. Go ahead it says we cannot fulfill the mission of God. Remember that most important thing, that thing that we truly find unity about? We cannot fulfill the mission of God, that thing that is most important, the thing that matters above, all, above and beyond all things, above my agenda, my wants, my preferences, your preferences, the things that, that we care about on the petty levels without the Spirit of God. It can't be done. That's what the Spirit is here for to continue the work, to do the work that only God can do in the lives and hearts of people. He's the one doing it. He just uses us to accomplish that. Because then we look back at verse 25. Go ahead. It says, but encouraging one another all the day more. Well, that word encouraging is a very interesting word because it ties into exactly what we just read. Go ahead. This is the word for encouraging. Perikaleo. To encourage. To exhort. To call. To summon. Speak to. To console. To comfort. The same root word that the writer of Hebrew uses for the Holy Spirit. For the work of the Spirit. The thing that the Holy Spirit is coming to do. His identity. What He is coming to accomplish. He says we are to be about that as well. Whenever we gather, whenever we get together as the called out ones, as the ecclesia, as the ones who are set aside by God for His worship for a purpose, this is what should be going on. This is what He's calling us to do. And so with that, this understanding is church is more than just an obligatory attendance. It's a calling to the work of the Spirit. Why are you at church today? Why did you come to church last week? Why did you come to church before? Well, my grandmama expects it. Well, she, she, she put that standard in me, and so I know whenever it's Sunday, that's what I ought to do. And that sounds okay, doesn't it? Like, that's not necessarily terrible. But if that's it, because your grandmama or your grandfather or because it's a tradition or because you just realize it's a good thing or because you just like people, or, you know, because you just like spending an hour and a half to two hours of your time in a building with other people 
just gathering, like just doing stuff because you're bored? I don't know, because you're off work, you've got nothing else better to do? All that sounds like I'm saying that sarcastically, but for some people, that's it. That's the very reason why they come. And God says, well, those things are okay, but whenever we come together, we need to understand there is actually a purpose behind it. There's something God is accomplishing that only he can do in and through his spirit, and he only does it in this context. Otherwise, you miss out on what he's doing in this context. Have you ever missed church for a while because of something that was going on that you couldn't help? And ever had the thought, man, I actually miss church. But then whenever you're at church, you're like, will he stop talking, please? I've got, I've got reservations, man. It's, they're not going to hold that table. I did the call ahead and everything. I tried to you know, work this thing out just the right timing. Would you stop talking? Because whenever we get in here, sometimes we just take it for granted what's actually really happening, right? Like that happens. It's like knowing whenever you're like in like the good old days. You ever heard that phrase? Man, those, those were the good old days. Wouldn't it be great if you could realize you're in the good old days whenever you're in the good old days? You would take far less for granted, wouldn't you? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the good old days. This is the day that you have. There's a reason why you are here today, and it's not to fulfill a quota. It's not because you just taught Sunday school and you just didn't want to be the jerk who left early afterwards, right? Like you actually are here for a reason. And it's not to fill a pew. It's not just, just to run sound or just to, to serve in this, that, this area or that area. You're here because you're a part of the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we miss out on church. We miss out on the Spirit using us primarily in the work and the lives of others. Because God does that. Whenever you show up and you do what it is that God has gifted you to do, you are here to not just, again, fill a spot. You're actually doing something that God has put in your heart, in your life, your ability in order to accomplish. There are people up here that sing and do things, that play instruments and all that stuff every single Sunday, I don't even need to even dare think about doing, okay? You would be horrified if I got up there playing chopsticks on the piano, okay, that's it, that's all, that's all I got, I got a little bit of heart and soul, and the uh, choruses, or the, the verses rather, of lean on me, that's all, that's all I got, you know, so if I was in charge of the music, it would be awful, absolutely awful, but God has other people in charge of that, people who are gifted with that, people who have the heart for it, and to help lead other people, that's why God has gifted them for that, whenever you don't show up for that, and you've got that ability, you cause other people to miss out, on that blessing of what only you can do. People are back there right now in the nursery who are doing only what they can do. Praise God. Because some of us need to not ever be near children, okay? Not because we're creepy or bad. It's just we're just not good with children, right? We don't have that nurturing bone, you know? Like God gave you enough grace for your own kids, but you don't quite have enough for, for other people's kids, right? Like, that's me, like, it would be a complete disaster. Like, it just, it just wouldn't. Like, I just, I'm just checking off boxes. Change the diaper. Check. You know, do this kind of check. You know, but they're, they're those people who do that, but then also then they love. They enjoy it. Yes, it can maybe get hectic. Yes, it can get kind of crazy. But God has given them a genuine love for little people. 
And we miss out whenever those people don't show up. So whenever you don't show up, God, you know, you miss out on God using you in the lives of other people. Some of you are amazing teachers, but for some reason you've talked yourself into the fact that you can't teach. And you're missing out whenever you don't show up and fulfill and to get plugged in. The Holy Spirit is here to use us. If he, if he uses primarily people to get His mission accomplished, if people don't show up, then how does it ever get accomplished? We try to patchwork it together. We get a last-minute fill-in. We get the person who doesn't need to be back there, back there, you know, because nobody else is there to do it, right? Like, it just gets chaotic. But whenever we faithfully show up and do what it is that God wants us to do to gather God will use us to spur each other on, to encourage each other. There are people who've spoken into my life just simply because I showed up to church one Sunday. And God had something to say through that person, whether it was a Sunday school teacher, whether it was a preacher, whether it was just another person just in passing, or just seeing that person walk in the door the way that they just lit up with the love of Jesus and the way that they encourage people, seeing them serve, being able to witness that going on around me. Even if it doesn't directly affect me, I get affected. It's God's way to spur me on to continue. If they can continue to do it, so should I. Look at how faithful they are. Look how God is using them. I need to keep going as, as well. And so with that, it's not just God working through us for the sake of other people. Also, number three, it's also we miss out on the part of the Spirit's work in ourselves. Because whenever we stop showing up to church, what we are indirectly saying I don't need any more work in my heart. I'm good. Like, no, no, it's not. I just didn't feel like coming. My point exactly, <laughs> you know? Well, it was just really comfy. I had a real long night the weekend before and everything like that. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on. Well, if you've got a lot of stuff going on, why in the world would you pull away from the most encouraging place within your week? The place where you can get lifted up the most. The place where you can get energized the most. The place where you can actually get something that you didn't have before you walked in. Otherwise, you wouldn't still have it. Now, is church the only way that God speaks to us? Is church the only way that God works in our hearts? No, right? Like We've got our own personal time with Jesus, our own prayer time, our own Bible study time. We've got other things, maybe a small group, maybe something like that that God can use, Bible studies, different things, things that you and I can read as individuals, things that we can do in little small pockets of groups, maybe just a couple, couple of people. God uses all those things. That's all a part of the work of God, and God's Spirit is in the midst of all that, right? Where two or more are, are gathered, yeah, but sometimes it's just like a one-on-one -on -one thing. God's Spirit is still there as long as I still have an openness to what God has. I open up His Word, I pray to Him myself, God speaks and God works. God encourages. God irritates. All those things, just one-on-one. -on -one. But whenever we miss out on it as a group, we're missing out really on the fullness of what it is that God has for us. So again, Whenever we look at all the stuff that, that, that could happen, church people irritate us in a way that nobody else can, right? In a, in, in a good way. There's growth that you and I miss out whenever we don't allow ourselves to be here. Whenever we look at just the stuff that kind of happens, the reason why maybe sometimes we kind of pull, pull back on, on church and don't show up. Maybe it is outside of all, all that stuff. Did anybody see the pandemic coming in 2020? 
But for a time, we had to kind of pull away from the gathering, right? And how crazy that year was, 2020, all the things that, that, that happened. Did anybody actually truly see that coming completely? In 2019, did anybody? No, nobody did. Uh, well, I heard that guy on the radio said something. No, he didn't know. Nobody knew, right? It was crazy. And how much did we miss out on not being able to gather? How much did we struggle with? How much turmoil was there in your life and in my life during that year? Did anybody have an amazing 2020? Like, just being, being honest, nobody did, did, did you? Was it good? Was it still blessed? Yeah. But would you want to do it again? No, right? <laughs> because it was 2020, right? What about as a church? Anyone see November and the life of Five Forks Baptist Church coming? Did we really know what was going to happen? Nobody did. Nobody knew all that stuff was going to go down. Is God not still God? Is, has, has our Savior changed? Regardless of who's speaking up here, has our Savior changed? Has the head of our church changed? Well, people let me down. They did this and they, they, they did that. Do people let you down? Yes. Then why are we surprised whenever the church body sometimes lets us down? But guess what? You've let people down too. I'm not just getting personal about you know, what's happened recently. I'm just saying just in general, all of us, we always let people down. Because we are not the saviors. No matter who gets up here and preaches, not your savior. Not your Lord. Doesn't matter. Because if the Holy Spirit is not here, nothing happens. But he is here. He's not left. He's still here. Our Savior is still the same. The Holy Spirit is still the same. Has the mission changed? Anything changed? Has anything changed besides some people in different positions? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, now I'm mad. So now you're just going to stop coming. Now you're going to pull, pull away. Now you're hurt. And listen, I get all that. But it doesn't change anything. And whenever we refuse to show up, whenever we pull back, whenever we get so discouraged that our attendance starts to wane, God's saying, I've got some work for you. And those people who you have stuck it in, God is working in our hearts, isn't he? For those people who are actually showing up with an open heart and open spirit, some of us, we still need to kind of maybe work on that. And including myself, it's, it's a daily struggle that I just choose. God, am I going to be open to what you want for me today, for this week, for this time? Regardless of what happened last week, regardless of what happened yesterday, am I open today? And whenever we open ourselves up to that, understand why we're showing up, the fact that God wants to do in us that only he can do through his corporate body that he wants to do in the lives of us, then we open ourselves up to that next work, that next step, that next thing that he has for us. And maybe it's just a good reminder of why we even show up to begin with. But if we don't, we miss out on it. So just a couple things, yeah, just in closing. Again, we cannot fulfill the mission of God without the Spirit of God, but this next statement, no, go, go ahead, the last one. We miss out on the fullness of the Spirit of God. In other words, 
the full working of his spirit. We miss out on every day. Again, yeah, he can use our quiet time. Yes, he can use the Bible studies. Yes, he can use the podcast, all that kind of stuff. But we miss out on something else that God has for us that only he can do through the corporate body, through his spirit, in our lives, whenever we pull away from the people of God. You're missing out on something. And we don't, I don't want you to miss out on that. God does not want you to miss out on what he has, the encouragement that he has, the work that he's doing in the lives of other people, witnessing that on a, on a regular basis, seeing people come to know Christ, seeing people join our church, seeing people come not, not, not just to know Christ, but actually come to truly like, like make him their Lord over certain areas, to see victory in their hearts and their lives, to hear about those things, to pray for one another, to lift one another up, to hear those encouraging words. We miss out on all that, all the fullness of, of, of that work whenever we pull away from God's people. But then also, this last statement, and we just need just to remember this, that church may not be perfect, because it's not, but it's needed because of that work. And because of all that, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth the not-so-good irritation, right? It's worth the not-so-good irritation, right? Maybe. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe I'm preaching the wrong crowd this morning. Yeah, it, it's, it's worth it. It might not feel it. It might turn crazy. There might be some changes that you're, you and I aren't necessarily comfortable with, and we've got to work through that. There might be some disagreements. There might be some things that, that, that have to happen. There might be some, some ministries or something like that that you know, you've got this thought about and that thought about. But it's still worth it. Because it's the only way that God works in certain ways in the way that he works in the lives of his people. Otherwise, that work doesn't happen in your life or in my life. Unless we're carted away to a prison cell <laughs> where we're forced to not be around other people, we don't get that extra grace. God accomplishes that, that work corporately with his body. Church may, may not be perfect, but it's needed and it's worth it. You don't have to come to church to be a Christian. That's true. Heard that phrase a lot. But you can't be a good one. You just can't. You can't walk with God fully as, as you can with, with, without it. You're missing out on something. You're always going to be missing something if you're pulling away from his body. Don't forsake the gathering together as some are in habit of doing. But continue to come together to spur each other on towards love and good works. Because Jesus is coming again and we need to make sure that we're ready. But we can only do that together. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know it's frustrating. I know maybe you want to give up. We all want to give up sometimes. But this is God's people. And he can only accomplish in your life what he can accomplish. Yes, in every area, personally. But it's got to include his people. Don't miss out on that. That's all I want to encourage you with that this morning. So how's your commitment level? How are you doing with that? Regardless of whether or not you're even here in this room, right? Like maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I barely got here this morning. If not for 
all the traffic lights being green and Starbucks, I wouldn't have made it here, okay? Otherwise, I would have just turned around and went, went back home. Or maybe you got that text from that person, and you just, maybe you, you did show up with some obligation. I totally get that. Because sometimes I just don't feel it either. But it's worth it. So why are you here? And are you going to show up next week, and the next week, and the next week? Whenever, whenever you can. Not that things don't come up, but whenever you can. Oh, I'm there. Because I know it's important. Not just what God can do in me, but also through me. And I'll miss out on it, and I don't want to miss out on it. So with that in mind, just search your heart this morning and be willing to make a fresh commitment to God to saying, I want to be committed to showing up, to helping fulfill the mission in me, but also through me. Because I don't want to miss out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to give this time to you. I give you my heart. I give you the heart of everyone here. But God, I can't force a decision on these people. God, I pray that right now, everyone listening, we would be willing to just be honest in this moment. To take just a good, honest look that yes, maybe we showed up because we did need to to serve this morning or to do something else or because it's what we do or because it was an obligation because somebody invited me or because it was an expectation that somebody had of me. But maybe we're here only because of that. And we just need a good reminder of what it's all about. And also a reminder what happens whenever we don't show up of what we're giving into what we're pulling away from. I pray that we'd be willing to be honest with you this morning to say, God, I've got some negative motivations. I'm only here a lot of times just because I'm obligated to. Because really I've got nothing else to do because it's just a tradition. Or God, I'm here just because I enjoy people and it's a fun thing to do. And I like the music and I like all the stuff, but... I'm not really open to what you want to do in my heart. God, I pray, whatever the thing is, I pray that we just be willing just to be honest. And so God, I give those things to you, but I also pray that we would be willing to point ourselves back to you to understand the reason why we meet in this building corporately is to accomplish your mission through the power of your spirit. To work through us in the lives of other people, but also in us so that we can take that next step in our lives because we all need it. And I recognize this morning that I need to do that. And Father, if anybody needs to come to know you as their Lord and Savior, they're not actually a part of your church because they're actually really not a part of your kingdom because they don't know Christ. I pray that they would be willing to do that this morning. Just move in their hearts and move in our hearts. Just help us, God, to be willing just to be faithful, just to respond the way that you would have us to. Give this to you all in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar time is open for you to come forward. So let's go and sing and open ourselves up to Christ. Guys, go and sing.